This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery, so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything. From which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello everybody and welcome to episode number 212 of the Stacey West podcast. I am Ben and I'm joined this week by Chris. Uh, Gary is out and about doing things, he's doing secret things, hasn't even told us has he Chris? No, he's very been very secretive this evening. <laughs> but how are you? Are you well? I'm all right, thank you. Yeah, I'm really good. Um, good. I've just had tea, which is always exciting. Um, normally record earlier than this, um, so it's a, it's, a, it's a very different situation having dinner before podcast. It's all great, quite like it, apart from the fact I made a chilli con carne, put too many chilies in for my delicate and pathetic lips, and it's a little, <laughs> bit, little bit of a tingle there at the moment. But apart from that, all well. <laughs> How are you? I'm good, mate. Yeah, um, little bit. Of, we may as well little bit of inside baseball. This is the second time tonight that I've heard the phrase "delicate and fragile lips" come out of Chris's mouth, which is you uh, laughed both times. I did laugh both times because I still didn't funny. know whether to make the same gag or not. <laughs> I didn't think it was that good. <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, no, I'm I'm not too bad. It's been uh, it's been a you know decent couple of weeks on the pitch. Um, so yeah. we'll leave it on. We'll we'll leave it on there. But before we do. Um, we've had a, you know, we had a little bit of a chat, and we thought, well, we'll ease into this week, and we will talk about our favourite TV shows of all time. So uh, I'll let Chris take it away. Yeah, this was a tough one. I definitely put far more thought into this than I should have, <laughs> and I also think it's only right to put some honourable mentions out there as well because it's almost impossible just to pick one because there's so many you like. Um, so I've I've done a top five. Mm-hmm. Um, the other four in no particular order, and then obviously the, the number one. First one is Taskmaster. Just absolutely it's, love Taskmaster. I love Taskmaster. It's so good. It is brilliant. Yeah, so Stefan, the very first time I ever had the privilege of staying at my good lady's house before we moved in together many years ago, um, it was the very first episode of Taskmaster ever. Okay. Um, and we watched it, and yeah, and it's just kind of been a thing that we've kind of done together ever since, and just both of us love it. Um, and a completely different note, um, Band of Brothers. I just think it's one of the best, one of the best um, shows ever made. Just think it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and Blackadder, timeless classic. Of course, I just think it's just incredible. Could watch it over and over and over again. Um, 
EFL on Quest. <laughs> I really miss it. it makes me laugh. <laughs> and considering that's the second time you've heard that as well. It is, yeah. A little giggle. <laughs> um, but my, my number one is um, the IT crowd. Good choice. So, I think it's fantastic. Um, again, watched it probably four or five times already. I think Steph and I got through it twice in the in lockdown, and um, <laughs> we were kind of looking. We've recently started watching Vikings, which is we got quite into. We're kind of halfway through the second series at the moment. Okay. But bef- before we found that, we were kind of thinking, "What the hell can we watch? We can't find anything to watch. Mm. Shall we just watch IT Crowd again?" And it's always <laughs> it's always our kind of go to. Shall we just watch that again because we know it, we're going to like it? Yeah. So yeah, that's that's mine, and uh, I'm sure that's quite controversial, but. There we go. No, it's good. I mean, like working in IT, there are some moments in that where I just go, oh, please don't, don't. Like when somebody comes up to you, it's like, oh, have you tried turning it off and then it gets off? For Christ's sake. But like there are some genuine moments in that. Like there was one recently um, for Easter. My boss bought us, uh, there's two of us in our team and my manager. He both, he bought both of us like a multi-pack of Kinder Buenos. Because, nice. like, just as a joke, we always say, like, ah, you know, why no breakfast? Um, and uh, the other day, I went to get the morning coffee sorted, and I said to Rachel, do you want a bueno breakfast? And she went, what's a bueno breakfast? And I went, it's a bueno for breakfast. And it just reminded me of that scene from the <laughs> IT crowd where we're talking about Smarty cereal. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's just Smarty oh, milk. Um, brilliant. No, but I think my I, I haven't I haven't really prepped a top five. Um, I didn't expect you to. I just find but, it difficult to pick one. And yeah, no, I mean, I'll, I'll run through a few sort of uh, that, that aren't in order. Um, but Breaking Bad's got to be there for me as well. Yeah, that was excellent. Just, Did just, you see the film? Uh, yes. Camino, all together. Yeah. I thought that was quite good. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It was good. Um, and then uh, other ones, I can't, they mainly fall into comedy, to be honest, because like, it's just... Yeah, I just like comedy TV shows. Um, Taskmaster is obviously up there as well. Um, I can rewatch episodes of Taskmaster, like just if something's if if I'm bored, if nothing's on, I can just stick an old episode of Taskmaster well, on. And it's whilst having having um, a too hot chili a few minutes ago, um, we were watching Taskmaster on Dave. <laughs> yeah, well there you go. Um, Red Dwarf is another one for me. Oh, Red Dwarf's a great shout. Yeah, I love it. Um, it's just a, an absolute classic. Um, that's th- wow! I said I couldn't do a top five. That's three already. Um, but yeah, uh, my my favourite show of all time. I mean, Ted Lasso is up there, but it's it's not it's not. Ted gonna... Lasso is good. See, Gary thinks we're... Gary keeps he's trying to be the cool kid that hasn't seen it and thinks it's it's not it's not it's not cool to, for him to like it. Yeah, he would love it as soon as he watches it. He'll think, yeah, it's brilliant actually. Yep. I think Ted Lasso is fantastic. In in so many ways, it's fantastic. So I'm with you on this, and I'll back you up. If ever you get shit when, he, when it's you two on the pod, I'll happily back you up on this. I think Ted Lasso is great. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'm not sure if I'm not quite sure if it's sort of top top five of all time just yet. But on a Ted Lasso note, my favourite show of all time uh, has to be Scrubs, which was also produced by Bill Lawrence, who did Ted Lasso. Um, oh, really? I've never I've never seen a single episode of Scrubs. Oh, mate. It's it's just in in the same way that Ted Lasso is a, a comedy show about football that's not about football. Scrubs is a medical show that's not about medicine. Okay, like it's very they got like uh, proper doctors in to do all of the medical jargon and stuff, so it's very medically accurate. But it's so good, like it's just so funny, and like even today, some of the jokes still hold up and seem really really fresh. Um, it's 
yeah, it's just it's the perfect show in my opinion. Good. And it ended after eight seasons. If anybody tells you there was a season nine, it, it there wasn't. It it definitely didn't exist. Um, they definitely <laughs> didn't gut the entire cast and have like new people come in and go like, hey, we're new med students. It's like, no, no, get out. It's, it's not. It's not a thing. Um, Fair enough. That last one just didn't count. Yeah. I wish that was the case again with Thrones. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's yeah. Let's not talk. Let's move on to football because football's fun. Because that's that is fun, and <laughs> yes. it has been fun over the last few weeks, hasn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. And even though um, we had the same results on Tuesdays, we had at other times in the season, and we've not felt quite so entertained, and it's not been quite so fun. I thought Tuesday night was quite fun. Yeah, it was a it was a really entertaining match. I, I you know, I got quite into it. I really enjoyed it. Um, the, the the sort of we we've spoken about it before, like the ebb and flow graph i suppose you could call it like giving mm-hmm. you the idea of, of the chances the vast majority of it on there for um for the game on tuesday was was pretty much all lincoln um but you know i thought barnsley could have come and turned us over if they if they you know if they wanted to and if we didn't seem up for it um but no i was i was really really impressed with uh, with how we set up and how we played particularly given the news pre match about Danny Mandroyu and Ben House yes um i think we was all just kind of predicting the same team really weren't we mm. um and it was a bit of a i think we all kind of went into the isolated with a bit of confidence i never really felt oh we were definitely going to go and win this easily i thought we could win with our strongest team out and i thought we were oh, not for a second did i really think we were going to lose mm. and when i when i saw that team that team sheet i think we was all excited to see um dylan duffy get a start and and mm-hmm. i think that was that was justified after his performance i think he had a really a really good game but he's you know it's just not the same team is it and then of course no. we know that um luke planch probably has struggled a little bit um i know there's there's been a bit uh it's been kind of two different camps about him on tuesday night which we're going to discuss a little bit but um he's now ben house and when you when you see that that team changed there's the kind of noticeable downgrade, I think. Mm. Um, or there's certainly lack of, lack of consistency that we've seen from House. Um, we haven't seen that from plans yet. And then you've got the unknown quantity in, in Duffy. And I'm, I'll admit, I kind of thought we could nick this. We're almost guaranteed to a draw to, we might draw this. We might we might be on the side of a narrow loss here. Yeah. Um, but we weren't. I and mean, we never really looked like being. No, I think um, I think overall, you know, I think we, we did... Well, we obviously did enough to, to get a point at least, but I I think if we'd have snuck a win, I don't know if there would have been too many people that would have been arguing against that. I think we you know I think we played really well. I think we soaked up what Barnsley offered us. Um, there was obviously that one very brief moment where I think was it like two or three shots inside like twenty seconds. Um, yeah, they got half of their expected goals. Um, that was it, yeah, in yeah. that little 20 second period as well. Yeah. Um, but, you know, when you have, um, I think, what was it? Uh, got, just looking at the, the stats here, I think we've got, uh, you know, a few shots, obviously, at the woodwork as well. Um, yeah, it's annoying that that doesn't count as a shot on target, does it? Yeah. Um, because um, we had 10 shots with only one on target. They had 15 with only one on target. You know, if you watch the majority of that game, but if you kind of just clipped away the shots, yeah. And you kind of said, right, there's a shot now, there's a shot now, there's a shot now. You would not expect there to only be two shots on target in the whole match. Yeah. You know, there, there was fewer there than there were in some of those really drab nil-nils that we had earlier in the season. Um, mm. 
So it's, this, this, you know, all about the stats. The stats are interesting because they had a higher XG than us, what, not 1.89 to 1.17. As we said, you know, half of that came in like a 20-second period, though. But both of us were over one. Um, so the statistics suggest that should be a one-all draw. And I think on balance of the chances, you could probably go, yeah, that that kind of makes sense. Um, and you kind of mentioned that Lincoln maybe if if, it, if there was going to be a winner, then then maybe there was going to be yours. I don't know. Um, I'd have obviously taken it, um, <laughs> but I I um, one of my uh, the lads at place with uh, place rugby on a Sunday. He's a he's a Barnsley fan, and he was on the train on the way home from work watching it. And I follow. I was going to text him a little bit during the game, and in the first half, I thought we were the better side, and I thought we looked really solid and really organised. Mm-hmm. Um, in the second half, I still think we looked relatively organised, but I thought Barnsley maybe had just a bit more of the territory. Um, and I actually said to him, in in the moment, um, if anyone's going to win this, it looks like you. This is before we had our couple of chances towards the end of the game, right, okay. which maybe puts a bit of a, a, a different spin on those things. But yeah, I think I think they had a better second half than they did first half. But I also feel that a, a draw in one way, shape or form was was definitely the fair result. And yeah. it's weird, you know, how we feel after a 0-0 draw against Barnsley is very, very different <laughs> how we feel after a no-no draw against some of those other teams that we played earlier in the season, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, you know, the, the I, I just think it was, uh, you know, a decent, it was a decent example of that, that moment, like you say, when earlier on in the season, we've had nil-nil draws that just felt really plodding, really kind of by the numbers, didn't really feel like there was much going on. Whereas this, it, even though it wasn't necessarily end-to-end all the time, it felt like there was something to play for in the game. I mean, obviously, Barnsley are still fighting for, you know, fighting for a spot on the top of the table, or near the top of the table, sorry. But, um, yeah, I thought we I thought we held our own really well. Um, and I don't think, apart from probably, what, five, ten-minute spell maybe in the second half, I don't think they, they really pressured us to the point at which I got worried. Yeah, um, they, they. I think they had maybe a five-minute spell in the first half, around the half an hour mark. Um, they're twenty-nine minutes into their first shot, um, wow. but they, they had then had two or three in a row within mm-hmm. the first within a couple of minutes. But that was it, really, in the first half. And in that second half, that moment that I was texting Johnny, I think, was probably in the middle of that little spell that they had in the second half, yeah. and we had one towards the end, didn't we? Um, but yeah, first half, I think we shaded it. I'll tell you what, one thing I wanted to mention was. Just Dylan Duffy, I just think he really impressed. Yeah, I was going to really impressed actually, yeah. on his on his home day, like full home debut. Um, had a shot, got a shot away in the first ten minutes. Won the knockdown from um, the keeper. Plunged did well. Went out to Sorensen, back into Duffy. Had a shot. Um, also, Harry Boyd has got an excellent delivery from mm, yeah. both dead balls and in open play. Yeah, and. I just think you know he's he's really come into his own in the last few games. I know we mentioned that last week as well, but he did it again. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, I just I just think you know the, there's a few players in that team who not that long ago looked like real fringe players. Harry Boys was a real fringe player and felt felt like a real downgrade on Rowan. Mm-hmm. Last Sorensen felt like a huge downgrade at wing, certainly at wing back compared yes. to Paul. And Dylan Duffy hadn't had a chance. It seemed like he was massively down the pecking order behind. Well, at the time, it would have been Vernon and um, Diamond, mm-hmm. as well as well as Shadipo and Manjuyu. Um So, for those three players to look, look every every bit first team regulars on Tuesday against a really good size, really a really yeah. well drilled solid size, um, was really positive. I thought it was really really positive, and yeah, no, no, we probably didn't have quite as many chances. We probably didn't 
put the passages together, those little short, sharp passages are played together quite so frequently as we have in the last two or three games, or in the last game or two. Um, but we've been playing against a better team, mm. you, know, we, you know, and uh, yeah, I think there's, there's a lot of a lot of positives to take from that. Yeah, absolutely. I think the um, <clears throat> excuse me, I, I think uh, that the vast majority of it for me was was quite positive on Tuesday night, and I think absolutely it it showed because I tend to try and time my exit so that I kind of get to, get near the near the exit as the final whistle goes. Mm -hmm. um and i noticed on tuesday night because I, I got down to the bottom of uh lower seven basically the game was still going on to so turn around and I look back at the stand and there was hardly anybody moving to get out of the seats whereas it's, normally you are, yeah. kind of you expect like you know a few here to, and there yeah, to be there's always up, there's so. always a few people leaving or getting ready to leave or kind of hovering by the exits that's a really good point you yeah. know what? i really ought to start trying that because i'm always one of the last out the stadium because as soon as because I'm I'm on one row from the top in upper four, yeah, and yeah, it's like as soon as the final whistle goes, everyone stands up and then there's just a huge queue to get out. And we're always the last out forever. Yeah, it is what it is. Like we don't mind. I like to give the players um, the recognition and whatnot. But yeah, sometimes you think oh, if I just left a minute or two, literally a minute or two, yeah, then I'd save so much time. But you know, it's it's not worth it. Thing is, um, this this is something that was mentioned on like the first or second episode of the podcast. <laughs> like when when we started, it was just like, why is it taking so long for people to get out of the ground? And it's still going on. It's just... I suppose you can't you can't change the uh, no no the you can't change the status quo, can you? Now um, I'm going to be controversial if that's okay. Go on. Now for those people that have read Gary's article on it, he made a point of saying um, he thinks it's the first time you've ever disagreed, and I think it might be. Gary and I disagreed on Luke Plange. Okay. He thought he had a, he thought he had a um, one of his better games. And I, I don't want to come across as being just bashing here, but I didn't, in, in short, in, in, in all honesty. And I'm, one of the benefits of actually us recording a little bit later is I had a little bit of time to check through some stuff on Scout and watch a few bits and bobs back. Mm -hmm. And there was one particular incident which really just stood out to me. And it really just epitomised my opinion. Now, the um, kind of counter-argument would be that's just confirmation bias because I'm looking for something that he's done wrong. <laughs> yeah. um, but I just want to explain it, if, that, if that's okay. Mm -hmm. So it was on 47 minutes. So it was just just after half-time. Barnsley had a goal kick. Now, um, Barnsley play with a back three. We have a front three. Um, so you kind of say, oh, that's a full press then. That means that you can go man for man in a press. But they also have three midfielders and we only have two behind our, our, mm -hmm. our two behind the striker, which means they've got a spare man in there, which will likely be their holding midfielder. Mm -hmm. So what you actually would do is you, you kind of say, right, Luke Plange's job is to block off the pass to the holding midfielder. So just basically get in the passing lane and you probably let the central centre-back have the ball. And then the other two wide forwards are on the other two um, wide centre-backs and then Irohan and Virtue are on their two mm -hmm. midfielders. And, that, and that, that seemed to be the case. And what I mentioned to Gary is that what I'm, I think let's let's Luke plunge down at, at times, is he seems to be kind of almost caught in two minds or just a little bit indecisive on his decision making of where to run, how intense, what direction to go, or if we've got the ball, does he go and show to feet and then really commit to that, or mm. does he go and spinning behind and really commit to that? And it's almost as if he kind of does neither, and. So what happened is their goalkeeper had the ball and he passed the ball to their central centre-back. And 
the instruction quite clearly all game was we let their central centre back, the big massive Dane, I can't remember his name, Anderson was it? Um, let yes. him have the ball. Um, and then our pressing trigger is when he then passes it sideways. And obviously it's dangerous for the ball to go down the middle of the pitch. So you want to block the middle of the pitch. And then Luke Plange's positioning, once it goes to him, is he's, he's not quite fully blocking off the pass to the DM. He's not quite fully blocking off the pass to their left centre-back. The ball then goes to the left centre-back <coughs> and then it goes into their DM just because um, Plange's positioning is just maybe just a yard or his intense in his run or just the angle of his run is just a yard off. Mm. Then the ball goes into their DM. So Matty Virtue has to leave his man to go and press the DM. Ball goes into the striker's feet and then laid off to the player that Matty Virtue has has left because mm -hmm. he had to go and press the ball. Paudio O'Connor's had to come and press the striker that's dropped deep and then they're in to they get a shot away. And that just shows those like really fine margins mm. and um, and that kind of chain reaction that can happen. And every single pass was in the width of the kind of the D, the midfield right. D, um, like the, that real centre of the pitch. And I think that's the difference. That's the difference. That's off the ball. That's just the difference. It's just that little bit of indecision, that little bit of just tactical understanding mm. being in the right place because if he's a yard either side the ball either doesn't go to the left center back or it doesn't go to the dm but because he's where he is it goes just goes round him and bypasses him mm. and i just see i see that from him so often with with and without the ball now what to kind of the counter argument or just to give him a backup i think he did have a good game with the ball at his feet i think he had more of the ball at his feet than he has in previous games there was a little run down the left end in the first half there was an, uh, a time in the second half he, he kept on the ball relatively well. I think when he actually had the ball at his feet, he, he probably did more with it in the game than he did than I've seen in previous games. Yeah. I think but just mm -hmm. what I think his biggest, you know, his biggest fault is his biggest fault is he's not Ben House. Yeah. Because yeah. Ben House does all those things to an exemplary standard. Um, so I feel like it's a bit harsh, but just for me. I just feel like he's a real downgrade. I've got no denying his, his ability on the ball. I think he's a really, he's quite clearly a silky player. But I just wanted to back up because I saw that in Gary's in Gary's write-up. I was like, yeah, you know what, he's right. And I just wanted to explain where my opinion came from, really, and just what I see. And I saw an else will probably see something completely different. But Well, yeah. I mean, I, the way that I saw it, I, I kind of, it. there was one moment that, I mean, to be honest, this moment's probably clouded my judgment more than anything else. But it was in the, I think it was in the second half. Um, and I think he, he managed to find himself more or less clear about eight yards out. And instead of having a shot, he turned and played it back. And I just thought that, that to me, kind of typified where his game was on Tuesday night. Was that he, he found himself in a decent spot and he just didn't quite make the right decision. It's it, that's it. It's decision making and having the the sharpness of decision. Like in, in coaching, you kind of all, almost excuse me, you almost want to know what you're going to do with the ball before you've actually received it. Yeah. The best the best players do that. Now that's what he's 19, 20 years old. Yeah. All that stuff comes with experience and age and actually learning the game. You know, mm -hmm. I am nowhere near a professional footballer, obviously. <laughs> um, uh, but I understand football so much more now than when I was actually good at it. <laughs> when I was much younger, <laughs> I'm shit at football now, but I actually understand the game so much more than I used to. And I kind of wish I understood it to the level I do now when I was actually playing at a half decent standard. And, you know, that's, that's just, that's just football. That's just experience, isn't it? And learning it. Yeah. And so it will come, but yeah, I think there's maybe, there's maybe more than one thing at play there because, and it might have been his debut, but it's one of his early performances. He had a ball in a similar position, but he had a square pass on 
and he took the shot, which was the wrong decision. It should have been an easy ball across the pitch. I can't remember who it was to now, and it should have been a tap in, and he got pelters, kind of rightly side, but he got kind of got pelters for it. And I just wonder, is that in the back of his mind? He's thinking, I better not shoot here because I don't want yeah. it to be the wrong decision. If I don't lose it, it's that fear of making a mistake. So you do the simple thing, you keep it, you knock it back, you keep possession, but actually the chance has died. And it's yeah. just having that sharpness of mind. And yeah, a lot of it's got to do with confidence. And I think you've got to be aware of that. Confidence has a huge part to play in any any footballer's kind of performances. Yeah. And you can imagine Ben House's confidence is just through the roof at the moment, and rightly so. So yeah, I, I feel like that's just kind of, that last five minutes has been Luke Plange bashing, but I just wanted to, I just wanted to kind of put a little bit of reasoning behind my opinion. Um, no, I, I, I mean, I, I agree. You know, I agree to the point. You know, where it's, it, it's almost frustrating because you know we said this all the way through January. It's like, right, we need a striker. We need a striker. We need a striker. We need a striker. We sign a striker, and then Ben House comes good, like really good. Yeah. Um, it turned and, itself into one of the best strikers in League One. I genuinely believe that. Yeah. And, I mean, obviously, you know, Luke Plange um, <clears throat> came in, hasn't yet scored for us, but hasn't started that many games in his defence. You know, yeah, he, ha- he hasn't had the opportunity or to get up to no. speed, to get to know his teammates and to get those little patterns going between no. them. So, yeah, there's, there's so many kind of factors which could dictate why what is happening is happening. Yeah, but it's. I mean, the one thing, and we've said this before, the one thing that does kind of get to me a little bit is when something like that happens. You know, a player doesn't quite gel, or he doesn't quite fit in 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 our setup, or he doesn't. You know, they don't quite do what they were intending to do when they came in, and a lot of people's reaction is, "Oh, he's shit. Oh, he's crap. Get him out." It's like he's clearly not a bad footballer. Like he wouldn't be on the books at Palace. Well, no. When he's got when he's got a ball at his feet, you can see how good a footballer he is. Yeah, he look he looks really com- not composed, but like you can see, he's just got a really high technical ability. Yeah, just his touches. You got soft feet, and Michael Everton always just made the, make the, the, that comment of soft feet, didn't he? Mm. And he's got that. Um, it's just the it's just the kind of game understanding. I think is letting him down. It's that kind of yeah. that understanding his surroundings and like what he's nineteen twenty. That's going to come. Yeah, you're lucky if you understand the game at that depth at that age. But I think we're spoiled with Ben House, and I think mm-hmm. that's why maybe seems so much of a downgrade and yeah and, and I think that's probably enough on on him because over, I don't want that to kind of um, cloud what was an overly um, positive performance and a real positive evening yeah um, I mean um, I think just to get the other sort of the other negative point out of the way um, before we come on to the really good stuff um, I, I don't think it was Tasha and Oakley Booth's best outing on Tuesday night it's um, really frustrating, actually. Yeah, and I you kind of you kind of think, I, when he came on, I was like, "Fair play," you know. He's got he's got on the bench because of, situ- of the circumstances. He's been really unlucky, but again, because of the situation he's found himself in. And if that was me, you're going to go one or two ways. You're either going to go right. I've got a real opportunity here to give everything I've got for 20 minutes, really mm-hmm. impress, and try and force my way into the team, and or get someone to notice me for next season and get myself in a shop window. Yep. Or you're the completely other side of it, and I think it takes a lot for for any of us um, on this podcast to kind of really suggest a lack of effort. Yes, but it, it really looked like he's thinking, oh, "I can't be asked here." You know, he, yeah, he didn't it, seem to be taking up any real positions. Didn't really seem to be. Um, it, it seemed to me like he got caught ball watching quite a lot. Yeah, and when um, he had the ball, um, I think he only played thirty percent, thirty thirty percent successful passes, and one of them. He had three passing options and he gave it straight back straight, to them on the yeah. edge of our box. 
and it's like don't want to bash people but come on like yeah that it was, was that was a real weak link it, in it, size it felt really frustrating you know as as we've just said you know he's, when we get players on loan and people you know go in on them they're clearly you know there's clearly a footballer in there because you wouldn't get a contract at a championship club or a premier league club if you were no good and there's obviously something there but whatever it was on tuesday night it didn't click for him and he, he you know something wasn't quite there um and it was just unfortunate because you know i know when we spoke to mark kennedy when he arrived he said that he really liked tasha and he coached him before yeah. um but yeah it, it, it unfortunately it just it wasn't his night um but you know um, that's kind of he how is, it went he is very much a victim of circumstance yes. um so he's found himself in a really unlucky position we signed him to play in a 3-8 in a 4-3-3 and we don't play a 4-3-3 anymore he doesn't he doesn't it's not like a whenever if he fits into any of those midfield positions it's a square peg in a round hole mm-hmm. um and obviously I, I think in an ideal world we would have we would have um offloaded him in in January, but I, I'm led to believe we didn't have a we didn't have a cancel clause. Stoke could have recalled him, but we couldn't cancel it. Um, Stoke would only recall him if they were going to get the the his him back out again, mm-hmm. and no one else clearly were offering the same deal that he was currently on. So so he stayed. So we, I do feel sorry for him in that regard. It's 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 not his fault, and he is, is a victim of circumstance. It was just I was frustrated thinking if that was me, I'd be just really chuffed to get on the pitch. Mm-hmm. And I'd try and just give everything I possibly had. And I just didn't feel like we got that from him. No. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll we'll move past that. We'll come on to what is obviously the positives. Um, defensively, I thought we looked fantastic. As, yeah, you know, Jordan Wright looked Jordan Wright solid. looked very solid. Um, as did the clear man of the match for pretty much everybody, um, which was Adam Jackson. Um, I thought he was just... He was everywhere, wasn't he? He got his head on everything. He made some he was crucial tackles. Outstanding. Yeah. Absolutely outstanding. And he's 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 always been a good player. I think he's always been a solid player for us. But mm-hmm. I certainly think in the last couple of months he's just really come into his own. And he's yeah. He's he's, he's gone from being one of those players you think, oh, he will play. There's the like O'Connor's pretty much guaranteed to play. Mm-hmm. And then it was kind of two of Rowan, Walsh, Monsmer, Jackson, whoever was kind of not injured. Yeah. Um, whereas now, and Paul, obviously, in that. And um, and now he's kind of, for me, he's one of the first, like, he definitely starts in there, as does um, as does O'Connor. They're both equally as important as each yeah. other, I feel. And then it's, um, well, to be honest, now it's just, it's pretty much just set in stone as a, as, as a three as it is, um, yeah. since Monsmer's injury, hasn't it? But yeah, he's yeah, just gone from being I, a... a a good squad player to be one of the first names on the team sheet. hundred percent. And I think the, the, the big thing for me was like last season, he took quite a bit of flack for being injury prone. And I thought, I, I think I still think that's a little bit harsh because when you look at it, two or three of those injuries were his concussions. Yeah. And it's like the reason that he got those is because he was putting himself in a position that was dangerous for him to be in. And therefore has injured himself as a result of trying to be, you know, the defender that we want him to be. Um, And I think, you know, saying, oh, you're injury prone because you've, you know, had three head injuries this season. It's like, well, not really. Um, But this season, you know, I've, I've, when he, when he's been in the team, I think he's, he's been great and particularly over the last few games. Yeah, I agree. So he's now made 27 appearances this season, which is really good. 
Um, he's had one red card, of course, which we which we all know about, which mm-hmm. was, I think, a bit unlucky. Um, but aside, aside from that, bearing in mind the type of player he is, he throws himself into challenges. He is the last line of defence at times. He's only had one yellow card all season. Wow. Um, okay. So that yeah, that shows he's, he's a real good kind of judge of when to go with his man, when to put a foot in, you know, when to stand him up. He's mm. clearly an intelligent defender in that regard as well. I, and we all know he's out of contract at the end of the season. Um, Mark Kennedy has suggested he'd very much like to keep him. Who the hell wouldn't at this stage? <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I really hope I really hope we get that contract on the on the table soon, and I really hope he signs it soon as well. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll we'll wrap up Barnsley there because uh, we've gone for nearly half an hour at this point. Um, <laughs> but obviously, you know, like I said. Um, there was that conversation with Mark Kennedy uh, on Radio Lincolnshire after the game, and he suggested that uh, Adam Jackson has been his player of the season, which doesn't exactly say I'm not bothered if he signs or not for next season. <laughs> no, definitely not. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I mean, like you alluded to, I think the, the contract is has got to be offered to him. Um, I'm fairly certain that, you know, the club will want to keep him and that he will be offered a deal. Um, and from what Gary said in his piece um, on the on the site about it, um, he was asked by the kids that day when he went to the Priory uh, if he'd stay at the club, and his response was, if I was offered a new deal, I'd probably sign it. So, fingers crossed he does. And speaking of signing deals, Mr Jordan Wright has signed a two-year contract extension. Indeed. Fantastic news. Um, I think this is as strong a hint as we're going to get that Jordan Wright may well be our number one next season. Um, I have I've kind of stuck up for the the policy on lone goalkeepers. Um, I know there's been a few people that have sort of you know been vocal dissenters of it, but then the way that I look at it is if you are signed at a Premier League club as a goalkeeper and you're not playing week in week out or you're not sat on the bench there's not a huge amount that you're going to be doing. So it makes sense for a top-class goalkeeper to go out on loan to a League One or a championship club. Um, Yeah. What you generally find is you can get a higher quality goalkeeper on loan than than, than an outfield player, generally speaking, because there's only one in a team. You you might sign a striker on loan, but you can also come on on the wing. You can also come on in attacking midfield and they're guaranteed kind of game time. So that might mean that they hang around the first team. That might mean that they go to a, you know, go to a, a club in the maybe one division down, mm-hmm. because you can only have one keeper in a team. Obviously, um, you tend to find that you get a far higher quality of goalkeeper in on loan, um, and I think that's served as well. To be honest, over the last few seasons, mm-hmm. we've had Absolutely. three outstanding loan goalkeepers for this level. All three of them have been excellent for the level. Um, you know, um, Palmer has got himself in and around the the West Brom first team. Obviously, Griffiths is also out on loan again this season. And I genuinely think Carl Washworth is going to be Brighton's number one within a couple of seasons. When, oh, absolutely. When, whenever um, Sanchez gets a big move, probably to Man United, um, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Carl Washworth getting a start in the Premier League. I, I don't think he's far away. I really don't. No. I mean, so he's, he's firstly, been absolute quality this season. In terms of, in terms of, um, in terms of has the policy worked, I think it really has. Yes. But, if you can have your own goalkeeper of a similar quality, who is yours, you free up a loan spot, yep. firstly. Um, and again, it's, it's, a, it's a saleable asset if it's a young goalkeeper, especially considering goalkeepers' careers generally go on for a longer period of time. Absolutely. And Jordan Wright, 
I'll be brutally honest. I think he's really dependable. I don't mm-hmm. think he's quite at the same quite at the same standard as Rushworth, Rushworth yet. But he hasn't had the opportunity to get the game time no. Rushworth has had yet. He's certainly not a significant downgrade. Oh no. Um, so yeah, I think it's a really big hit that he could be our number one next season, um, and that he might be stepping away from that loan that loan signing as a goalkeeper. And that would tie in with Mark Kennedy suggesting that he doesn't want to rely on mm. loan players as first teamers next season. I'll be honest when he said that. I didn't think that included goalkeepers. I just assumed we'd get another keeper in on loan. And mm. I fully expected Wright to leave at the end of the season and go and play week in, week out in League Two somebody, for somebody. So, yeah, I think the fact that Mark Kennedy said at the end of his interview, um, Jordan's going to go on and be a really good number one. Yes. I, I thought he meant at the time somewhere else. Yeah. Um, obviously, at the time, he know, Mark Kennedy knows full well Jordan Wright has been offered and signed a new deal and is waiting for it to be announced. Yeah. Putting two and two together, you can probably expect that to mean he's going to be in with a real shout yeah. of being our number one for next season. And I'm, you know what? I'm just excited to see it. We haven't had our own keeper for a little while. Mm. I'm just, I'm just excited to to have someone that we know is permanent. It'd be interesting to see. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd, I'd agree. I think um, it's it's probably a case of biding the time until the right player comes along um, to make sure that you have that uh, that number one. Um, I think. Uh, you know, Mark alluded to the fact that he's been training with Carl Rushworth, the, Carl Rushworth this year, and he's really pushed Carl. Um, and obviously, you know, Carl is going to be able to bring some of the experience that he's got at Brighton in and, and help Carl, uh, help Jordan out as well. Um, obviously, Jordan's had the run out in the trophy. He's uh, he's saved more than his fair share of penalties. That's um, always a nice little bonus to have. Yeah, and uh, I can never quite get over just how tall that man is. <laughs> He's a big boy. He is a He's giant. A big boy. Yeah, one of one of my mates, Joe, is six foot eight. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, and like I was, I'm a goalkeeper or was, and I'm five foot eight. <laughs> so he's literally, <laughs> literally a an, a foot taller than me. And I think fucking hell, I wish I was. I wish I had that. Oh, Jesus Christ, I'd have been England number one if I had that. <laughs> I wouldn't. Yeah, so, um, yeah, positive news. Um, I think I think it's going to be a, a, a good shout um, for, you know, Jordan Wright being the number one next season. And it would be interesting to see whether Sam Long kind of sits, you know, takes that spot on the bench. I imagine he will do. Um, and then I think potentially, you know, one of the, the, the lads in the youth team, if, if we've... You know, if, if they're about ready, they we would see them going out on loan, or you know, maybe the other way around. If if one of those sits on the bench and Sam goes out, I, I don't yes. know. But Sam's an interesting one because I think this time last year he was doing brilliantly on loan at Drogheda. Yep, getting rave reviews, and there, there was talk of him potentially being ready to push for the number one spot. Obviously, this is before Rushworth was on the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, Rushworth came in, understandably. Um, we thought, okay, Wright's going to Wright has come in as a permanent backup goalkeeper so that our hot prospect goalkeeper Sam Long can go out on loan again and get game time obviously this season's just been a real shame for him the loan at Boston just didn't work um, for either party Boston were were in a real mess when he signed so it's not really his fault but he he wasn't exposed to a good environment Um, maybe he would have been expecting to go to a a slightly higher level I don't know the ins and outs of it but maybe he was expecting to go to a National League club um, rather than North Mm. And then obviously they went to Bromley and, and, and it didn't work there either. Um, and it's come back in and it's almost maybe feels like a bit of a wasted season. So my mind's kind of in two camps now. Is Sam Long going to come a, come back in and basically be Jordan Wright of this season? 
mm-hmm. next season, going to train his, his, his balls off each week, push Jordan right, push the number one jersey uh, together. But even if he's on the bench, he's, he's kind of driving that number one to stay on his toes and improve mm-hmm. him. Or is it he absolutely needs game time now? Get him out on loan again. Yeah. Um, and I don't know which one's best. And obviously the club will know, Sam will know. But I think it's a really interesting, but also quite a crucial season for Sam Long in terms of mm-hmm. which of those two is his role and and does he really embrace them? If he sits on the bench and he works his backside off and pushes Jordan right, I think that's going to be good for both, in mm-hmm. my opinion, just from the outside looking in. And if he does go out on loan, I think I think there's more pressure on him going out and having a good loan than him coming in and being a good backup. Yeah. Yeah. If he goes out on loan because of the last couple, it has to be a positive one for him. Yes. Yeah. No, it'd be interesting to see. But it uh, will. But it's nice to have two keepers of ours that yeah. have, have, from what we've seen as fans, real, realistic um, opportunities and, and not too far away from a, a realistic chance of a number one chat, um, number, number one ship. So that'd be interesting in the summer, definitely. Absolutely. So. Um, yeah, that kind of wraps up the the first section of the podcast. Um, what we're going to do now is take a very quick break. And when we come back, Charlie has been talking to Jamie from the Hitting Areas podcast. Um, Another Chris- brilliant name. They're so good. All these other podcasts. <laughs> if there's anything to describe Wickham, it's that Hitting Areas or Playing Percentages would be the, the name of those podcasts. It's just perfect. I think it's brilliant. Yeah, so when we come back, uh, yeah. Charlie will be talking to uh, to Jamie, and then uh, we will have our own little preview of the Ipswich uh, Ipswich game. We'll have our own little preview of the Wickham game. Why I said Ipswich, I don't know. Right, see you in a minute. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the quarter pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So the only thing left to say is. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything. From which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome to the preview show for uh, Wickham away on Saturday. Um, third last game of the season, um, second to last away game. No, not third last game of the season, fourth last game of the season. We've got to choose tonight. <laughs> um, the second last away game, though, that one was correct. Uh, I am joined by Jamie from the Hitting Areas podcast, who is a Wickham fan. Hi, Jamie. How are we doing? Yeah, all good. Thanks yourself. Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Good. Um, so, I might be kind of wrong on this, so shoot me down if I am. But <laughs> from the outside looking in, it seems like you guys have been close but no cigar with the playoffs all season. In that kind of 
tenth to seventh kind of bracket, you know, maybe edging into it ever so slightly, coming out of it ever so slightly. But yeah, it's now looking like maybe a few too many points off. What's the what's the kind of feeling around the camp? Is, is it? Yeah, I mean, the, the season didn't start start great, and and obviously Gareth was in charge at the time then. Um, but for for Gareth Ainsworth's side, it, it didn't start great, and that was generally because of injuries, um, and 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 a lack of keeper for the first few games. Uh, that's actually quite harsh thing to say. We we didn't have a a, a first team keeper essentially. Uh, the B team keeper was in was in for the first couple of games until we brought in Max, um, who's gone on to be statistically the best goalkeeper in the league, by the way. Um, but um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's been an it's been a it's been a strange season generally because Gareth's left, um, and and it, it started to get so much better, which is why I think QPR came in because they just see Wickham were picking up points and stuff like that. Um, but but generally, yeah, we we've just been been that, that little bit off it, and I think it's just just because of injuries. Um, Sam Vokes has been missing for bit parts of the season. Um, and that's been a big loss because obviously scoring so many goals last season uh, was a was a big thing for 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 the playoffs last season. But um, yeah, uh, injuries have been a big big problem, which is why I think we're just outside because the squad is capable of going into that playoffs. Yeah, um, you know, it's I'm glad you've brought it up with um, Gareth Ainsworth leaving. You know, he <laughs> it it was a big shock to a lot of people in the football world you know all, all all of us as fans were were shocked that it's that it happened and now to see that there's a chance that you're going to be playing against him next season anyway if he gets yeah. his job at QPR and if they do come down then um so I guess it's one of those seasons that even if you were just going to have mid-table mediocrity you it was always going to be memorable and a big kind of milestone season mm. um you know, even though you maybe don't quite hit the playoffs or nothing substantial on the field necessarily happens. Yeah, I, I, I think there's a bit of a split between Wickham fans. There's, there's some Wickham fans that are like, we've got to get playoffs, we've got to get playoffs and go up. And then I sit in that camp of being a little bit more sensible with, <laughs> um, yep. in terms of, you know, Matt, Matt Bloomfield's come in. Mm-hmm. He has a... A, a different way of playing to Gareth. Um, you know, he, he wants to be more possession-based. You know, Gareth's teams have, have generally been, um, you know, not easy on the eye. For, no, for no you, you, can, you can just say it as it is. They, were, <laughs> they are horrible. You don't enjoy it. You don't enjoy it when you see that you've got Wickham coming up, or, or at least we didn't. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but I... Looking at it, if Wickham were to get into the playoffs and go up, which I don't think they will, um, I think they might sneak into the playoffs. But I think you know it, it, they'd lose to one of the sort of bigger sides like Barnsley or something like that. Um, it, Wickham have changed the way they're going to play under under Matt. And next season, if I, I I just think if they went up, it's far too soon because it's just not been that that crossover from Gareth's team to Matt's team yet, which is why the first few games under Matt was, you know, a little bit hit and miss. I don't think the players quite had to get used to the sort of way they wanted to play, um, which is quite evident in the, the sort of team 
formations, which we'll go on to. Um, but I think it, I think we need another league, another season in League One. And I actually think, looking at some of the games that we've of recent, it's starting to look a lot more pleasing on the eye. And I think Wickham will get a lot of plaudits to the way they play next season, um, especially the you know considering we lost to Morecambe at the weekend. Um, I was actually generally very pleased with the way Wickham played, um, and and very rarely was there was there a long ball. It was all on the floor. There was a lot of um, trying to pass through the lines and and a lot of triangle play as well. There is still getting it out wide, but but it tends to be a that we don't tend to get it wide until we're into the sort of 18-yard box kind of thing rather than a sort of deep. Um, and, and it was just a lot more pleasing on the eye. We didn't win the game, but that's generally because their keeper had an absolute weldy. Um, and, you know, and they, they, I personally think it's a lucky goal that they scored at the end. Um, you know, one of those one of those goals where it just falls to him and, he, and, he's, and he's hit it to go in. It's the only shot they really had of the game. But, yeah, I think next season um, Wickham need to, it's horrible to say don't get promoted but it, I, I don't know, think it would exactly, be a good idea I know exactly what you mean I think um, sometimes sometimes you can actually just sort of stunt your growth by, by going too much too soon yeah um, yeah you know, you've come down and maybe maybe a few seasons as a bit of a reset is actually exactly what you need because mm. that gap between well that gap between championship and league one is obviously quite big yeah um, and yeah, like you say, it's it's about making sure that when you go back up, you're not just straight back down within a year, because then it's sort of what the point? What's the point? Um, so yeah, I guess yeah. I, I just think Blooms needs that time, a season potentially, or half yeah. a season, to get his own players in, yeah, and to mould that team how he wants it. Because there, I have seen the changes already, which is great, and I just think Wickham. Pleasing for, I suppose, opposition fans that we're a little bit better on the eye. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's certainly be a lot nicer to, uh, to be <laughs> travelling down there and watching if it's not quite as much of a uh, say, bore, bore fest as much as some of them have been. Um, yeah. so, so you mentioned Wickham at the weekend. Um, obviously a loss there, but what's, what's mm. your sort of recent form been like overall? What's... Uh, very much... Uh, replicated by the change from Gareth to Blooms as I keep saying it's a bit it's a bit all over the place yeah. um uh for you, you'll be pleased to know we we haven't actually won on a Saturday under Matt Bloomfield um yeah wow so, What's that been, like, two, two months is that right um it's roughly about eight games at the top of my head um uh, about eight games, uh, that eight weeks essentially. Sorry, that's, so, um, that's, a, great, that's a great little stat. <laughs> we're going to keep going. <laughs> uh, well, I've got a nice stat for you as well after that, oh, but uh, which is about um, uh, Lincoln haven't won at Wickham for seventeen years. Oh. <laughs> you, you didn't have to mention that one, did you? You know, you, you, um, got, all, you got all of our hopes up on the first one, and then you have to go and shoot it down. <laughs> And there is a there's another one. Uh, Wickham are unbeaten against Lincoln in, since since 2009 as well. So, uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, there's <laughs> um, there's that one as well. So, but look, it's, it, you know these 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 records have got to be broken. So, too right. It, it, 
we we've we've won on a Tuesday and a Monday, <laughs> um, but yeah, we just haven't won on a Saturday under Blooms, unfortunately. Um, there's been a few draws in there. They haven't been like all losses, um, but yeah. So there's there's a little stat for you, and hopefully a, a bit more uh, pleasant journey down for you guys. Ex maybe yeah. expecting a, a at least a draw. I would I would say is is definitely on the cards. Um, draw, obviously, host the draw. That's kind of us, isn't it? This <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, twenty draws this season. Yeah, yeah. Pretty, only going incredible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So, obviously, you you mentioned that there's been a sort of change in system um, under the new manager. What mm. what kind of shape are you guys now playing in? What's the what's the kind of tactical style that you've got going well, at the minute? Yeah, I mean, Gareth was Gareth was using a sort of. Gareth was using like a three-four-one-two, uh, a three-four-two-one formation. Yeah. Um. When Blooms came in for his first game, he 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 actually used that formation. We lost two 0 at Shrewsbury. Um. And then since then, uh, Matty's moved to a four-two-three-one, um, which I thought he might, um, considering he wants to play a possession-based game and a pressing-based game, um. Slightly different on on Tuesday, but I think that was generally because of how Cambridge played. Um, we 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 kind of played like a four one four one, so it was sort of two advanced midfielders um, rather rather than the the, the one. Um, but you know, it, I, in and out of possession, it still looked like a four two three one essentially. But yeah, so that's the way he's playing in in the kind of shape. Um, it, he does like to press um, and. Like I said, there, there, there is. I did notice Tuesday we, we did do a few long balls, but it wasn't the typical Gareth Ainsworth style of a ball up into the big man waiting yeah. for a knock on for a, a second runner. It, it was generally a ball potentially over the top of the Cambridge defence to 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 a, to a winger, so a yes. diagonal ball essentially, yeah. um, rather than um, the, a, a pumped up long ball essentially. But yeah. Um, believe it or not, Cambridge played more long balls than Wickham on on uh, uh, Tuesday, and actually thought Cambridge had a quite a nice style of play as well. Um, and bizarre how they're down there. I actually thought they, yeah, they played quite well. Weird, it's a bit of a weird one, Cambridge. Um, we yeah, we we went there and got beat two 0 very comfortably back in September, and then the yeah. home game was a nil nil, and that was just that was the most dreadful game I've seen all season. But it was. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm very much with you. Actually, I feel like they have the the sort of the tactical play to be able to stay up, but mm. they obviously just aren't being able to do it at the minute. It's a bit yeah. Um, well, they were four unbeaten going into the game with Wickham, and then obviously Wickham <laughs> changed that for them, and they they uh, but they threw everything at us in in that, that those last yeah. ten minutes, um, as you expect. They had four strikers on. And, I, guess um, it, we, I guess they have to, don't they? That was a nice change for, for Matty's side. We we we've been conceding under pressure, um, and it was right. nice to see us see us see that out. Um, and and it does help having um, Matt Schreck in goal, who's who is brilliant, absolutely brilliant. I don't think he'll be at Wickham next season, um, generally because I think he's out of contract, and and I just think he's he's a Championship keeper, hundred percent. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, uh, sim similar with us with, with Carl Rush with goal. Um, so I'm, I'm just a little bit conscious of time because I know. Yeah, we're, sorry. No, no, no. I am <laughs> not not you at all. <laughs> Chris, one of the presenters who is doing the podcast this week, um, he does typically like to overrun 
to well over an hour if he if he gets the opportunity to. Um, so if Ben hasn't kept him on a leash tonight, they, they will have gone on for ages. So to sort of look at wrapping it up, kind yeah. of score prediction. Then what what do we what are we thinking for the game? Are you are you worried? Um, are you optimistic? Not not particularly worried, and that's no disrespect to you you guys. Um, uh, uh, is is Ben House still out? Is Bishop still? We are not. I haven't actually seen the press conference from today, but um, I knew. I know they said the other day that it was a waiting game. Uh, Mark yeah. Kennedy doesn't normally like to give too much in his press conferences, so yeah, it, 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 we'll, we'll find out Saturday two o'clock if Ben House yeah. is available or not. Yeah, I mean, I think that, I think it's the same with Wickham in terms of centre halves. Um, right. Although I thought Jordan Willis came in and did really well on Tuesday night when when big Chris Farino came off. I mean, our centre halves are six foot four plus. Obviously, it's a Gareth side, but <laughs> um, but but um, yeah. Look, I, I personally think obviously Wickham still have that mass, that big chance of of getting playoffs. Three games to go, um, two at home. Uh, the crowd will be, well. Hopefully, the crowd will be right behind them. Um, I'm going to go with a 2-1 to Wickham. Um, I just think that with Vokes back, McCleary back, Wheeler in some form, Nick Freeman in good form, Wingy as well. It's just it, attacking wise, Wickham are actually got got everything going for them for the last three games, which is good. So two-one Wickham. Fair enough. I, th- I think for me, um, you, you mentioned obviously the fact that Ben House might may or may not be in. No disrespect to Luke Plange, who will likely be. Ben House's replacement, but I think yeah. a prediction of if we have Luke Plange in, nil nil or one one. If we have Ben House in, two nil win. Because I just, oh. <laughs> it's like I say, it's, it's got nothing to do with Luke Plange, no. but Ben House coming in changes our yeah. style, and I don't quite think Luke's able to sort of replicate Ben's abilities on off the ball um, quite yet. Mm. So, yeah, for me. <sighs> I'd like to be optimistic. It's going to end up being a draw, obviously. But <laughs> yeah. I would uh, not that I, not that I mind that. You know, I'd more than happily go down and uh, go down and watch a one-all or even a nil-nil. Um, but it'd be nice to get. Another oh, we can't. Game. We can't have another nil-nil. The the, the 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 away game was bad enough, wasn't it? So no. oh, <laughs> you can say that again. <laughs> right. Well. Perfect. Thank you very much for that. And uh, good luck for the rest of the season. And also, everybody listening, make sure you go and check out the Hitting the Areas podcast. Um, Make sure sure I got that right. Um, And uh, yeah, go go and check out all of that kind of stuff. And yeah, like I said, good luck for the rest of the season. Appreciate your time. Thanks, Joe. Cheers, guys. Cheers. And there we go. Thank you to Jamie from the Hitting Areas podcast um, coming on and talking to Charlie ahead of the Wickham game on Saturday. So, Chris. Hello. Are we going to extend the unbeaten run? Because Wickham, have, they're in a bit of a inconsistent run of form at the minute, aren't they? Yeah, they're all right. They're, but they're not, they're not, they're not the best. Um, they lost to Morecambe and Ipswich in the last four games. Mm-hmm. Lost four 0 to Ipswich. Lost one 0 to Morecambe. They're just coming off the back of a two-one win against Cambridge, though. Um, away win. There's one massive difference between playing against Wickham and every other team we've played in our little positive run of four or five games. Every single team we've played in the last five games, which let's not forget includes three wins, two draws, and only one goal conceded. We're pretty good. Um, <laughs> every single one of those teams plays a back three. Okay. Wickham almost categorically 
play a back four, either a, a, a four-one-four-one, so that's basically a four, a holding midfielder, two eights, two wingers, and a striker, or a four-two-three-one, where you pick up that holding midfielder and you plonk a, a number ten in there instead. Um, but they play a back four. That's the key here. So there's a very different, there's a very different challenge in terms of how we set up off the ball. And in terms of that stuff I was mentioning with kind of Luke Plange, it's not just him, it's the whole setup of how we press, who you block, what your triggers are to kind of press and press who. That's completely different in a back four. And normally that would matter. But we're playing against Wickham. So their <laughs> their um, yeah. their back four don't have the ball at their feet and don't don't tend to play through the thirds very often at all. I know that's a bit of a stereotype, and I was wondering, um, because I hadn't really paid a lot of attention to, to their results or their their style since Sir Gareth of Ainsworth um, mm. left them. Um, and actually, it's basically been, if it ain't broke, um, that Blue right. come across. And there's been very, very little difference in the underlying numbers of how they play. So without seeing any clips, I'm fully expecting us to see exactly the type of game that we expect to see, um, which also means we're not going to have the opportunity to press very often because they tend to just bypass the press and go and go over top of it. Yeah. Um, which which might we see a bit more of an attritional game. We're not going to see too much football. Um, I think in terms of us not losing, that starter game suits us because yeah. we know we're hard to beat. We know we can win our aerial duels. We know Adam Jackson, Regan Paul, Paddy O'Connor are going to be really really solid and and t- t- just to defend the goal. Um, so I'm really confident that we're not going to lose. Um, I do feel it's going to be difficult to create chances um, by a press, by trying to win the ball back high at the pitch. We will have to create chances by trying to play through them, mm-hmm. um, which we have done better in the last few weeks. That's been a criticism of us throughout the season. But in the last few weeks, um, we've really we've really kind of improved at that. Um, so I suppose the question comes a little bit on personnel. Who's in there? Who's fit? We don't know a lot about Van Drew or House yet. I think Ben House would be a big part of that if he's back in the team. Yep. Um, I just whether we're given the opportunity by Wickham to try and get the ball down and play through those thirds. Um, yeah, it's a bit interesting. I'll be, I'll be confident of not losing. I think we might see a slightly more of an attritional game yep. than we have in, in, in previous games. And obviously, almost every Wickham game is like that, so that would be no surprise. But yeah. um, I think when we play against teams like that, and of course, they're an extreme version of it, um, it just make it does it doesn't help it doesn't allow us to play to our strengths mm-hmm. um, um, in terms of with the ball. So yeah, I'm I'm going to predict a, a draw. May I, or I I don't think we'll concede. I think we'll it'll be nil nil. We'll win one nil. Yeah, I think um, I, I think you're probably right. Um, it's going to be. <laughs> It's going to be a Lincoln v Wickham game. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, I mean, even you know, I, I don't think we've ever beaten them in our last few head to heads. Looking at it, I think last six is it. Uh, yeah, in the last six games we played, we haven't beaten them. Um, they've only won two though, so you know, I think the the most frustrating one was that uh, the one all draw at the start of last year, which was just painful to watch at times um and i I do wonder if they've kind of you know if some of the dark arts have disappeared um because they were exceptional at dragging the game out a little bit they were one thing that has disappeared for them which has had a real big impact is um anis mehmeti who they sold to bristol city yes in january he was an excellent player played just behind the striker in the 4-2-3-1 and he was kind of that that sort of player didn't you didn't feel really 
was a typical Wickham player. He was that real mm. bit of quality on the ball. He, he scored loads of goals from attacking midfield. But who's been playing instead of him since he's left is a really, really interesting player. It's a guy called TJ DeBar. He's a bit of an unknown quantity. So they signed him from Lincoln Red Imps. Okay. In Gibraltar, um, which is fun in itself. He only played three games for them, scored three goals. They signed him from Europa FC, also in Gibraltar. And he scored 14 goals in 10 appearances for them from wow. playing in the number 10 role. So he's clearly got a bit about him. He's one of them who could be, you know, a bit of a flash in the pan, you know, looks good in a poor league and then gets a big move and isn't really quite, doesn't quite take the take the leap. Or he's one of them that can come from obscurity and actually just be a, a fantastic player, a bit like Mehmeti did. Um, so he's an unknown quantity. Um, so remember, they are missing Mehmeti. Um, Debar has played 17 so far. Um Almost all of them since Mehmeti left. Scored a goal, got four assists. So he's definitely, you know, he's got a goal or an assist, um, kind of one in every, just under one in every three games. So he's a threat. I just thought I was a really interesting player when I was flicking through um, that, you know, where they've got the players from in his career. You don't see many players that have um, that have come through the, the, the job, Gibraltar, Gibraltar Premier League. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so that's, that's No, fun. I mean, obviously, you know, you, you're going to be, the big thing is going to be trying to keep uh, Sam Vokes quiet. Um, I I don't think I'm going to. I'm not. No, I'm not going to say what I was going to say because it will it will inevitably end in egg on my face. Um, but you know, I think it could be because if he's playing particularly as a lone striker, he's going to be up against three robust central defenders, shall we say? Essentially, here it depends. It depends how they how they organise their wingers. So yeah. if they if their wingers talking narrow or really aggressive and they kind of become occupied by our centre backs, mm. then it's man for man. And um, if Vokes is dominant, that's bad for us. If he isn't, it's good for us because it gives us a counter opportunity. But if um, if we end up having three of our centre backs in and around the central areas and their wingers stay wide, meaning our wing backs have to speak deep, mm. um, then we will then have a lot of probably the, their full backs hitting unopposed deep crosses yeah and then it's just then it can just become a a, a percentage game you know it doesn't matter whether your yeah your average xg per chance is really low if you put if you put enough in the box one of them is gonna yeah you know, gonna generate enough to qualify for a goal um so i really hope that we're quite aggressive with that and we actually try and keep our our um off outside center backs close to their wingers and allowing our, our wing backs to try and press the fullback certainly on the ball side. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see us almost defend in a back four, but mm-hmm. attack in a three and, and two wide. So, so basically, yeah. when let's imagine their right back's got the ball, maybe our left wing back really aggressively press there, our left centre back beyond their right winger, but our right our right wing back actually took it in as more like a traditional right back. And kind of just shuffle around one, maybe slightly deeper than normal. That would probably be how I, I'd imagine it going. If we let them just be unopposed with their left and right back, just pinging balls into the box from every angle, it could be, it could be a long afternoon. Even if we feel comfortable at kind of winning those headers and, and winning the first contact, it's just going to be so many, so many balls in the box that you've got to deal with. If we can be a bit aggressive and we can get and we can have the opportunity to get the ball down and play a bit, and we can actually have a bit more of the ball than maybe we normally see. Um, we could be, we could be, uh, we could be in a good place. So I'm really interested to see. I'm actually not going to be able to watch it either, um, 
and uh, me and Gaz are off to a, a, a gig an all day one day festival on Saturday. And I'm actually pre- I'm obviously looking forward to that. But <laughs> games against games against Wickenmore, I always find just fascinating because they're such an anomaly and they're such a kind of a standalone type of team. Yeah, they're such an outlier in all the numbers. I just find it fascinating to see how different teams kind of try and combat it, and, and obviously that includes us as well. So, yeah, it's an interesting one. I think we might be uh, we might be having to listen to it in the car because we are off to uh, Birmingham on Saturday night as well. Because um, we're going to see Paramore and Block Party. That's what a what a combo! Hell yeah! Oh yeah, that's brilliant. Paramore, I I, oh, I was in love with, uh, with Miss Williams as a as a, as a teenager. I think Indeed, I, I think I still am a little bit. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, look, going to be it's going to be an interesting game. We're, we seem to be playing with a bit more freedom at the moment. We seem to be kind of just letting a little bit loose. They're not on the beach at the moment. You know, they're kind of, they're putting the effort in and yeah, essentially so. it seems like they're trying to cl- state the claim for next season. Um, so, yeah, hopefully, you know, we're in for an entertaining afternoon. Um, quite how entertaining, don't know. Um, I, think it'll be an in- I think it'll be an interesting, interesting afternoon. Yeah. Even if it's not entertaining, I think it'll be interesting. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's probably a... You know, a good one for Wickham. I mean, I think we've we've said scoreline more than likely, either nil nil or we might just nick it. But it depends. You know, it will depend on uh, on the setup more than anything else. But I think the the crucial thing for me is will Ben House be fit? Will Danny Mandroya be fit? Because both of them have come into their own. I say recently. I mean, Ben House more or less since well, December time as as really started to show that he's improved this season and Danny Mandroy over the past what four or five weeks is, yeah a month or, month or so really, yeah, he's, yeah he's started to to kind of show oh this is what I can do this is what I did uh, over at uh, over at Shamrock Rovers so I think he, it almost seems like he might be over that little hump that he we thought he'd had um I've been so impressed with him over the last few weeks and it's it's just nice because I think we mentioned, we mentioned it after the Charl- uh, not Charl- Charlton away game. Yes, we discussed him and saying, "Ah, oh, there's such talent in there. Yeah, you can just see it. He's clearly a high quality player. We just need to find a way of getting it out of him regularly. And what we found in the last three, four weeks is we found a way of getting it out of him regularly. And he just he looks like he could be a real key player for us. Yeah, uh, next season. Um, so that's. I mean, when you look yeah. at it, like he had what two assists. Um, Oh, what was the last home game uh, before Barnsley? Yeah, which <laughs> I, feel, I feel like we, we should probably know that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just gone out of my mind. Uh, yeah, the two assists. Oh, Port um, Vale. Of course, it was Port Vale. Yeah, two assists against Port Vale, um, which were absolutely stunning. Uh, obviously, the uh, you know the assist um, for Shadipo against Plymouth, absolutely superb as well. Um, and he seemed, yeah, he just seems to be kind of turning that corner a little bit now. Um, so I'm, I'm hopeful that he's fit for Saturday. Yeah. But obviously, Again, as it stands, we don't really know where he's at. Yeah, his um his output is has really improved recently, as we've just said. Um, actually, over the season, like we said, he's improved recently, so that bumps the stats up. But he's played 23 games, six goals, four assists. So that's 10 goal contributions in in 23 games. That's that's a goal or assist almost every other game. That's really good. That's mm-hmm. really really good. And obviously he's been above that in the last few games. And if he continues that going forward, he's going to be a real real asset next season. So, yeah, you know what? It's weird. Like we we're saying, 
not that long ago, I kind of, not that I want the season to finish. I obviously enjoy going to the games, but you know, yeah, we were, all of our talk was about bigger picture. And I kind of, I wanted to be next season now. And I, and I want, I'm not too fussed about this year. It's kind of, it's kind of just going forward and looking forward for that bigger picture. Right now, I just don't want the season to end. Yeah. And there is a very real chance that we could finish this season in the top 10 of the third tier. Which is frankly ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, when you consider, you know, two months ago, we were talking about possible relegation battles. Yeah. it's, it's been a re- We mentioned about how important the that certain run was going to be. And I remember me and Gareth discussed it about the concern I had was always having that illusion of safety and then almost not packing our bags and getting our feet on the beach, but just having one eye on, on next season, as yeah. you said, and, and, and just kind of coasting towards the end of the season, finishing like 18th, finishing the season three or four points above relegation, but never seriously looking in, 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 in danger. But we're just kind of coasting and we've done the opposite. We've done, we haven't done what I feared we might. Yeah. We've, we've, we've really kind of pushed on and yeah, I really hope we continue that for the last handful of games and, and then it's, you know, we're all going to be in a really positive place kind of pre-season, aren't we? And hopefully yeah. at the start of next season. Yeah, I mean, you know, we all sort of said 16th would be fine for us. 16th would be a good benchmark. And yeah. I'm pretty certain we're going to finish above there this season. So, yeah. Right, so that's enough of Wickham. Um, I think it's near enough, enough for the podcast. But before we go, a couple of things. Uh, the first thing that we have to mention is the Imptoons yearbook um pre-orders are up now for a fiver i believe for the bronze tier which chris has put up um i will double check that but i'm fairly certain that's the case uh yes so five pounds plus pmp for your bronze pre-order uh gets you a copy of the yearbook a chance to win a piece of player signed imptoons merchandise an official imptoons badge chance to win a signed 2022-23 lcfc shirt and the chance to win the secret prize. Um, yeah, so uh, get your pre-orders in. Um, search for Imptoons on eBay, because uh, that is where they're being sold, and I believe that would be the quickest way to uh, to find them. Or if you're on the website, uh, if you're on Stacey West now, uh, I believe Gaz has put a post up about it now. Let's have a look. Uh, yes, he has put a link in there. So... Decent, uh, you know, it's really good to support Chris. He does a lot of good work. Um, all of it either goes to the printing of the, the, the yearbooks or straight back into the club once that's paid for. Yeah, so it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. Can I also point out, Ben, just, just for anyone that's confused, because this happened um, twice on the <laughs> I know live podcast. Going. I know where you're and going. And it happened twice when the same person, I'm I'm not Chris Ray. It's a different Chris. <laughs> Um, Chris Ray is is far more intelligent than me and far better at drawing. Does so much more for the club than I do. Um, just probably a better bloke, really. Um, but we're not the same person. So for anyone that was wondering, is that the same Chris? No, it's not. <laughs> no. Um, so there we go. Uh, Chris, not not this Chris. Chris Ray has said um, that by the time the summer is over, in total, Imptoons will have donated more than £10,000 to LCFC and over £10,000 to various charities, that including the Bradford, indeed, including the Bradford Burns Unit, Sophie's Journey and the LCFC Foundation. Just superb stuff. Um, yeah, incredible. Yeah, like, go support Chris because he's, uh, he's, you know, he's a decent guy, um, despite the fact that he grasped me up to Gaz the other week about me saying something about him. Um, oh. we'll, we'll let that one slide. Fair but... Right. 
there is also something that Chris will need to plug. I'm fairly sure. Oh, well, before up. that, before that, kind of talking oh. community, talking community. Um, I think just a special mention to Lars Sorensen, yes. who uh, today has been nominated Imps PFA Community Champion, and rightly so. Um, mm-hmm. We mentioned in weeks past, whenever you see anything going on at a school or anything kind of community based with the fans, Lass's face is there. Mm-hmm. He's just a a real top pro and a top bloke, and it's a so yeah. He's been nominated out of the Imp Squad, the um, Community Champion, and has and therefore been also been nominated for a. Um, national award as well so so yeah just a massive congratulations to, to last i think we're all delighted to see him doing so well on the pitch recently because what he does offer is exemplary mm-hmm. um so yeah just as kind of a special mention to that and uh, just a quick reminder really and what i need to plug is um rugby fc my team we've got a cup final coming up on the mm-hmm. uh, the 14th of may at sinsel bank 2 30 uh kickoff Believe it or not, it's going to cost you seven quid to come and watch a Sunday league game. But I promise you, you'll be entertained. It's cash only. It's worth bearing in mind. Entrance is through the, um, as if you're going to the bar, to the kind of uh, the posh seats in the SRP stand. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, I will obviously be plugging that every week until um, the final. So 14th of May, 2.30 kickoff. Excellent um, stuff. Well, we'll wait. be there. We'll, we'll bring a sign. Not not to ask you for your shirt, that would just be weird, but we'll bring a sign. I don't have one, <laughs> so you won't be able to get it. <laughs> Unless you want me to take me like my shirt and tie off or something. <laughs> no one wants to see that. Cool. Right, well, that's going to do us um, for the week. So uh, we'll see you. Uh, we don't have any more Saturday home games. You know what's really bloody annoying? Yeah. As well, is the last game of the season is a Sunday t- kickoff. We've We've got a game. And if I was just a player, oh, I might feign injury or something. But as the manager, <laughs> I'd probably have to turn up. So I'm going to miss the last game of the season, annoyingly. Got it oh, about good. that. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see you on Tuesday at the bank. And then we'll see you on the Sunday. Well, Chris won't, but we'll, you know, we'll try. Well, I'll see you at Morecambe, though. That'd be fantastic. Yes, you will. You guys stag do. Indeed. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be sure to do something for that. It'll be fun. Anyway. See you later, guys, and uh, up the imps. Up the imps. It's the 90th minute, and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.